seca, todo el mundo en pastilla en la discoteca. Bepa y agua para la seca, todo el mundo en pastilla en la discoteca. Welcome back to Primetime Kansas City. The NBA Finals are set. We have probably the most unpredictable matchup possible. The Heat and the Nuggets probably going to be airing on NBA TV. Adam Silver is probably punching the wall right now because of how bad these ratings are going to be. But you know me, big Heat fan. I'm enjoying it. Josh is a big Michael Porter fan, so he's going to be pulling for the Nuggets. Josh... What do you think about this finals? Are you excited for it, or are you kind of like some other people who are kind of bummed out that it wasn't Lakers-Celtics? I just think, uh, I don't know. I saw my dad, I was like, even if it was Celtics-Nuggets, Nuggets would sweep. Or the, or the Nuggets would win pretty easily. Yeah. Now, now that's Nuggets heat, no offense, I still think it's going to be pretty easy for them to win the championship. The Lakers, I knew, were never the better team. That I knew yeah, they weren't going to yeah. beat the Nuggets. But I'll say this. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I think the Kings could have done better than the Lakers in the Western Conference mm. Finals. But that's just me. And literally all they had to do was win one game. But that is just me. Um, But no, this whole like playoffs, I guess, you, there was just that feeling where it was like the West is controlling the East. Like there's no way the East is going to win. It was always the West. I don't know, though, because... If the Lakers would have somehow gotten past Denver, I think th- there could have been an Eastern Conference. Team well, then I think the narrative has changed, but no one was expecting that to happen, and it didn't happen. Like no. everyone, everyone was like Warriors, uh, Lakers, not Lakers, Warriors, Nuggets, Grizzlies, Suns. One of those teams make it, kind of over, and one of those teams didn't make it. Which I think we were overrating a lot of the West. The Warriors are I not agree too. as good as we thought they were. The Suns were a train wreck. No bench at all. They, they had to rely so much on Durant and Booker that any minute... The Suns they, will be really good next year. If though. they get a bench. like Or, first yeah. of all, if they hire... It's a shame John's not here. Because if they hire Doc Rivers, then they can go ahead and forfeit next year's second round. That's about where they'll get. Um, but no, like they weren't as good as we thought. I kind of agree with your Kings take. Like, I do think the best three teams in the Western Conference playoffs, that after everything we got to see, were Nuggets, Kings, and Lakers. I think those were the three best teams that I saw, at least. Um, Golden State. It's just, for like, some dude, reason, if Steph Curry doesn't drop 50 points in game seven, I truly think the Kings are in the Western Conference finals. Yeah, like, it's, it's an interesting one. Like, I don't know if anybody was going to beat Denver. Which I was scolded for saying in April or March or wherever I said it. I was okay, but like the way the Western Conference was looking going into the playoffs, it was like and I didn't even predict the Suns them to, easily going to get past I predicted them. them to win the West. I just said they could win the West. I thought they were good enough to win the West. And yeah, looking back, like that seems like such an obvious take. But you're right. Like we thought the Western Conference was going to be so damn tough. In reality. It kind of came down to three teams, and the Kings, you know, ran into a tough team in the first round. Um, and, you know, to me, that was a – you had the old veteran team that had been there and done that in Golden State. They had been in tough series. They had been on the road in a Game 7 before. And you just had an inexperienced Kings team who had never, 
yeah, they're young, they're fun, they're flashy. They don't have that experience. But I think you should be but excited going. I kind of had, I kind of had like a timeline. Sorry to interrupt you, but I, what you're kind of talking about goes with this. The Kings or this year's Kings team was the 2020 Bubble Suns. You could, I you think they're on the right there. track. And I yeah. like the Suns. All they needed was one more game, and they make the playoffs. And I mean, they went thirteen and zero in the bubble, or something like that. Something ridiculous like that. And I'm not saying the Kings are going to do that, but the Suns had an upward trajectory going from that point uh, forward, and we saw them do well in the playoffs, make the NBA Finals. I'm not saying the Kings are going to make the NBA Finals next year, but I think the Kings will actually be a team that will be competitive in the playoffs. And I agree. I mean, it's definitely experience over anything and especially when you have Steph Curry yeah and Clay Thompson and I think like when you think about it in the Western Conference next year I think the Western Conference is potentially easier next year than it was this year and so in the sense of like I don't intend I don't think Golden State is ever going to be what they were especially Golden State will never be back to an NBA Finals with today that uh, Jim Bob Myers stepped down I mean he's like you could credit him with 50% of that entire dynasty what uh what he was offered though? Uh huh. He was offered by the Wizards like twice what he's getting paid at Golden State. So is he going to the Wizards or is that? A, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna have to look that up. Man, Golden State sure. is dumb as hell if they just didn't pay up because he is by far the best general manager in basketball. But yeah, I mean that that's so you think about that. Golden State probably won't be as good next year. I don't think Memphis will be that great next year with everything, all things considered. I don't think they'll be a two seed next year. They just, you know, they look like they have a lot of things that they need to figure out internally. Um, the Lakers, who knows? Like, what will LeBron even look like LeBron next year? He was definitely hobbled in that postseason. Um, so it's interesting. Like, the Kings are up and coming. You know, you think of a team like the Nuggets probably won't go anywhere, but like, I wouldn't be shocked in the next five years if the West was a, a competition between like Denver, Sacramento, and OKC. Like it, those seem like the teams that are going to be there. People for a forget. While. People forget. OKC did what they did this year without Chet. Yeah, it's going to be scary as hell what they do. Um, and the Clippers are bound to blow up, and yeah. they still have five more years of first round picks from the Clippers. It seems like, yeah, like no, the Thunder, in my opinion, be... are the like most well rounded team in the in the next five years. Like They've they're like they have future. the blueprint laid out. I was really nervous the Thunder were going to somehow win the lottery, and if they did that, there was going to be problems. They were, they, they probably oh, the would Thunder be, won the lottery. I literally think they might be a top five top. They might be a sixty win team next year if they win the lottery. So I was glad they didn't. But but I'll say this. Yeah. I mean, Victor Wambiana, Harry Sizzlas, Wabinyana, Wimbenyama. I'm telling you, he's gonna pull a Chet or he's gonna pull a Joel. There's no way that man makes it through summer league healthy. I'm not doing this at Curtis him. I, and I'm not going to call him a bus, but there's just no way he makes it through the summer league. Do you know since 2000? I, I could see the Thunder also not using him in the summer league. Do you know since 2000, or not the Thunder, the Spurs, but uh, th- did you know That's s- I mean. since 2000 how many number one overall picks have won a finals MVP? Uh, two, one, one only. LeBron. LeBron. So people act like like yes, he's a generational prospect. This like seems like holy shit. The Spurs and of course with their history of Duncan Rob or not uh David Robinson, Tim Duncan. And Tim Duncan right. They're like shit, and you got Popovich. But like people need to understand how rare it is for a number one overall pick to pan out 
to be like a generational Hall of Fame player. Like some of the best NBA number one overall picks we've had recently are like Kyrie, who's like and Anthony Davis, who are gr- good players, but they're not guys you would build an entire franchise around necessarily. Or and like, that's what everyone's like kind of saying. Like and Howard, I feel like, like people are. It's a. I mean, he's I a like freak. Like there's there is just some unbelievable. Um, traits that he has that nobody's ever had his height his wingspan his like there's things he's just physically different but it'll be interesting i mean the guy's seven two and 209 pounds like like you said he's gonna need to put on some muscle he's gonna need to put on some weight if he wants to you know have a healthy career i also think people also are setting his uh floor to be really really high which doesn't help him because it kind of makes him like not uh, it makes him be a all-star finals MVP or bust in some people's eyes. Like I think if he doesn't win rookie of the year, people are going to call him a bust. And I don't think yeah. that's fair. <laughs> I mean, he is, it's crazy. People are considering him the best prospect ever. Like it, he's not it's the best LeBron, prospect LeBron. ever. LeBron is the best prospect ever. They were literally telling LeBron when he was getting interviewed as a high schooler, like if you're not a top ten player of all time, people are gonna consider you a bust. That's like unbelievable expectations, and LeBron was able to beat that. Um, I don't have those for Victor. Like if Victor comes out and has Anthony Davis's career, I think that'd be solid. I think it'd be fine. You know, if he wins a ring, if he's dominant for you know a decade, I I don't think I would. I think that's more realistic than what people are trying to you know point him out to be the next Tim Duncan. I don't necessarily see and the thing is better. i don't think popovich also coaches uh yeah, like popovich or probably, say he'll be there but probably not for more than probably he definitely won't be not there for his speak. career but yeah that's what i'm saying but I, it'll be interesting like, to see like the spurs are going to be probably bad next year still even with victor they're i think their best chance at starting to compete would be 2024 2025 uh, they're, they're going to have to surround him because it's a total rebuild right now in San Antonio. That's what I was going to say. It's like, they're not going to, they can't do this just with, with Victor. Like Victor is not going to be able to do all this by himself. Yeah. So let's so go back it, to it'll the, be interesting. let's go back to the conference finals a little bit. Um, obviously we talked about Lakers nuggets. Let's talk about heat Celtics. Let's hit on the Celtics first. Josh, if you're the Celtics, Jalen Brown is due the supermax this off season. If you're the Celtics, do you pay Jalen Brown the Supermax, or do you potentially think about moving off of him? Did you do a sign-in trade? You, I that mean, that's, is, is that what you're thinking? I mean, that would be moving off. Yeah, him. I mean, because what? I mean, what's Jason Tatum on? Like, another – he's on a max. Mm-hmm. And those two, like, maxes, max values are, like, I think both superstar max, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, like – they both made all NBA teams, so Jalen Brown would be um, eligible for Supermax. Jalen or Jason Tatum's contract's five years, one sixty three. Jalen Brown, I think I saw he can make up to two hundred. It says three hundred, two hundred ninety five million. Yeah. And while Jason Tatum's can be up for a five year, three hundred eighteen million. I mean, that is literally over six hundred million dollars in two players. Yeah, I mean, but do you do it? I mean. Look, no, Boston. you don't. There's an there's an easy answer, and you do not do that. If you can get a sign and trade, do it. And to be honest, like I don't know who you could trade because I don't know who would want to take on that big of a contract. Because let's be honest, Jalen Brown this year or this playoffs is really let uh, let down. Well, yeah, I mean, Game Seven last night, he was pretty much a non factor I mean, he wasn't a non-factor. He was hurting them. Eight turnovers. 
really did not show up to play after Tatum tweaked his ankle earlier in that game. Um, and look, you've had this duo for quite a while, like quite some time now. It's not five like, years? Like, yeah, five years. something like that. Like this isn't a new thing. I, look, if they do decide to run it back, I wouldn't be like shocked. But yeah, I mean, are you ever going to win with these two at the front? I mean, this year was a great opportunity. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're playing an eight seed in the conference finals. And, and let's be honest, I mean, if they show up the first three games, they're going to win this series. But they find themselves in a 3-0 hole, which, you know, to their credit, they almost got out of, but they showed you, and it shows why it's never been done in NBA history, because it's hard as hell to beat a playoff team four times in a row, even with your Game 7 being at home. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I was watching, I, I got to watch some of that game last night. Uh, afterwards, I was too nervous to watch it live. Uh, and... Yeah, I mean, once you had to put Jalen Brown as the number one option, I just don't think, uh, I, I just don't think he is, and I don't know if you give a guy a super max who's not capable of being the number one option. Yep, for sure. I mean, Jackson, there's no way you're going into this finals matchup thinking you have a chance, right? Well, here's the thing: nobody gave Miami a chance to beat Boston, and I don't want revisionist history bullshit. ESPN gave him a three percent chance to win the series. And I, on this podcast, you weren't on this episode, but I, on this podcast for the conference finals, predicted Nuggets in seven, which obviously that got done a lot quicker, but I also predicted Heat in seven. And I, you know, it's just a weird thing. Is Denver a better team than Miami? Yes. Denver's got the best player in the series. Denver's probably got the better bench in the series. It will be an interesting aspect to see if Tyler Hero is able to come back at all. There's rumors by game three he can I'm not going into the series expecting to win it. I'm not going to, you know, put my hopes up that high. But I'm also not going into this series expecting it to be, like, as bad as some people are maybe thinking it's going to be. Like, I've seen people say I think it's going to be a sweep. Yeah, and I don't think it's going to be a sweep. I think Miami's good enough. First of all, you have just an outright coach, coaching advantage with Spolstros. I mean, you, you say whatever you want, but this team is nowhere even near where they've gotten this year without Eric Spolstra. He is the best coach in the NBA right now, in my opinion. It's hard to disprove that right now. And I think he can find ways to make, you know, Nikola Jokic's life difficult. I also think, let, let, let's just consider this, Nikola Jokic, the bigs that he's faced in this series, Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert, um, I mean, you could say, yeah, Gobert's got some defensive player of the years, but he's kind of an overrated uh, defender. He can't. The thing about Gobert is he can't play on the perimeter, right? He's only in the paint. And you go to the second round, they play the Suns. I mean, DeAndre Ayton also can't leave the paint. You go to the conference finals. Yeah, I mean, AD, I guess, can go out, but, I mean, Jokic owned him. I mean, Jokic had a great series. I know this will sound crazy, but I think the Heat have the best opportunity at slowing Jokic down of any team that have faced him this postseason because of Bam's defensive versatility. I think, you know, while Bam has struggled offensively this postseason, especially in the conference finals, Bam has unique ability to guard one through five, where if they try and switch Jokic and they like try and switch Bam onto Jamal Murray or somebody like that, Bam's capable of hanging, you know, he can hang with a point guard or a guard at the perimeter and hold up pretty well. So I think there's things for Miami that they can do if they want to win this series. Um, but like like everyone's saying, and like you said, Miami's going to have to play damn near perfect basketball to win this series, and Denver's going to have to like pretty much like fall apart a few times to lose this series. Um, and it, it, yeah, I mean, I'm going to go Nuggets in six. I don't think it's a sweep. I don't think... It, look, 
maybe it is. If it is, you know, I've thought Denver's a great team all year. They are the best roster in basketball, in my opinion. Um, you know, even LeBron said it's the best team he's played since they, you know, he went to the Lakers. They're stacked. Like even guys like Contavious Caldwell Pope are playing insanely well right now. Um, I really don't want Christian Braun to get a ring, but it might just happen. I'll go Nuggets in six, but I think Miami keeps it competitive. I know that was a long rambling thought, but that's just kind of my feelings on how this series go down. And I think one last note: Denver's extra rest just absolutely plays huge in this. Oh series. my god! Yeah, this is huge. They they literally have eight days of rest compared yeah, like Miami, to Miami. If Miami could have gotten the sweep done, I think they would have had a better shot. But we'll see. I mean, there's also and some, Jimmy re-injured his ankle yesterday. It looked like to too, so that definitely doesn't help. Rust. I mean, there is something to be said about it. You know, you don't play for so long. Um, but yeah, I mean, I expect Denver to win. It's gonna be tough, man. De- Denver hasn't lost a home playoff game yet. I don't. I just don't see them losing a home. I mean, Miami's only lost two, but it it'll be an interesting series for people that are like pissed off about this series or don't think. Oh, there's no great storylines or blah, 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 blah. I disagree. I think this is a great finals, and I know I'm a little biased in saying that, but I just think the fresh blood in this finals is going to be entertaining, and I think from an X's and O's perspective, it's going to be a really fascinating series. You have two really, really high-quality coaches going at it. Um, you know, there's guys like Darvin Ham and Joe Missoula who are the rookie head coaches who got laps run to, ran around them in the conference finals. You've got some seasoned vets coaches at this point. I'm excited for the series. Um, the funniest thing is how you said this, there's some new blood. Since, like, I think it, they said, like, 2000 and, like, 13. Since 2006, the Heat have made the finals six. more than any team in the NBA. Exactly, and you're like, this is some new blood. But, I mean, technically it is. Like, everyone's used to the Warriors or LeBron. And, yeah, and we like don't have that. Those... And everyone's used to the Celtics and the Bucks. And well, I mean, it just it, like I know Miami made it in the bubble, but it's just different now. It's like that's not the same thing. Like it's a different feeling. They had to actually go on the road. They had to go. You know that was. But I mean, Giannis did get hurt for two games. He played. He played uh, game four and five of that series, and Miami won both. So, you know, it is what it is. I mean, Oladipo, Tyler Hero, Gabe Vincent. We've had multiple guys. Is get Tyler Hero going to be back? Because they said he'll be back know. for the final. Game three, maybe, is like what I've been hearing. I don't know. It'd be That's hilarious. I won't forget watching it on TNT, and they're and like, they like, yep, Tyler Hero won't be back unless the, he make go into the finals. And it's like, now here they are in the finals, and no one thought they would ever get here. Yeah, I mean, there's true. a narrative to be written for this finals. The Heat are the second ever eight seed to make yeah. the NBA finals. That's as big a storyline as you need. If this was, this is pretty much saying like a 15 seed made it to the Final Four national championship. You know how much news they would be getting, but since it's the Heat and the NBA, they're not going to get the news. This has a lot of like stories to be written. Jokic could get his first title. Yeah, which would be Jimmy huge. Butler could get his first title. Like, there's so many things you can look at. So many different narratives you can go down and write about this NBA Finals. Yes, we're not getting the flashy Steph Curry. Thank God. Thank I don't God. want to watch Thank Steph God. Curry I'm ever sick again. Of it. Nobody wants to watch the fucking Warriors again. They just don't. It's just a tired narrative. Nobody wants to, in, in, in that same breath, nobody wants to watch LeBron again. I mean, there's tons of people that do, but like the casual fan, the people that have just like, like basketball, they would love that. But people who are like kind of diehard NBA that like pay attention very closely, 
it's refreshing to see two new superstars in like Jimmy Butler, like I said, Jimmy Butler and Nikola Jokic. One of them is going to get a ring, and that's awesome. Because mainly, did. most importantly, it's Michael Porter Jr. or Drew Smith is getting a ring. <laughs> that is the most important thing. I mean, Christian Braun. That that's a tough one. We're gonna have to swallow if the Nuggets. Win. Okay, never mind. I'm I'm rooting for I'm rooting for the Heat. There you go. I cannot. I yeah. nah, but it's MPJ and MPJ actually plays. Christian Braun doesn't. Yeah, Drew Smith, Mizzou legend. You know, get him. A Drew ring. Smith didn't even play like <laughs> five games for the Heat. Hey, but get a... No, he does. So I saw a stat that said he would get a ring because I mean he was on the Heat. That's that's funny. I did, literally forgot if he played this year, or the year before, or what it was, but. Good for him. I mean, Miami is, yeah, it's it's a random ass year for them. They literally were thirtieth in points per game this season. They were that, three minutes away from their season being done. They were dead last in points per game through the regular season, and they just made the NBA Finals. It's hilarious. Um, kind of goes to our arguments all the time of like the regular season. Will there be a fight too? Is something I would like to. Yeah, bet I mean, Markeith Morris isn't on the team anymore, so maybe not. But you still got Jimmy, and you know it's. Miami's both teams are kind of grind they grind shit out so it'll be it'll be an interesting series. I'm excited for as a Heat fan for the Heat to get a home finals game. For it'll be the first time since the LeBron era that they had a home finals game. That's gonna be awesome to watch. And it's also I mean the Denver crowd's gonna be electric. You know and partly I know I'm rambling a lot this episode, but it's just things I've been thinking of. You deserve it. Your team made the finals. I'm happy that uh, it's in Denver like two of these games because. A lot of like I hate watching the finals and them showing like, oh here's this celebrity and this celebrity and this celebrity and this celebrity. <laughs> that's not what it should be about. It should be about the fucking diehard fan base that's been with that team through and through. In that, I don't know if this is much diehards, but hey, I will say this: Denver, Denver is I mean, a, they've had Denver's a diehard fan base, and they have never made the finals. And there is no, I mean, they'll maybe they'll be like Russell Wilson or Sean Payton there, but it's not like L.A. or even Miami and or New Peyton York. Manning. I'm just saying, it's not going to be like, oh, here's Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. or here's yeah, no, I agree. Blah blah blah. But like, I get why they do it, and I understand like when it's in Los Angeles, and obviously there will be you know people like that in Miami. But I'm just happy that you know, kind of we got to see a little bit, even though there was limited crowds with like Milwaukee, when a team makes it that isn't like kind of a huge market, it's just. I love I love seeing the casual fans or the you know the the diehard fans in an electric arena rather than just the really rich people that were able to get in. Yeah, I also say this like I can't I don't know if I stated this on the podcast, but my favorite team is the, obviously the Sacramento Kings, but my second favorite team is the Denver Nuggets because of MPJ. So it's kind of like I really do truly do want the Nuggets to win because I mean the. Yeah. The past four years, they've been my playoff team because the Kings never made it. Like, I've always said that. Like, it's always been, oh, the Nuggets are my team in the playoffs. And it's never happened. And I'm not going to act like I followed them this year because, I mean, the Kings were good. So I didn't really have to follow them because there was no reason. I knew we had a chance. But, I mean, I do want to see Jokic. I, Jamal Murray would be cool. But, I mean, I, I just want to see MPJ win a ring because it'll be pretty cool. Because, I mean, the guy's been through a lot. But that's neither here nor there. But when it comes to it, like I said, whatever team wins, it's going to be cool to see. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a good matchup. I'm excited for it. Obviously, my team's in it. Never thought that would have happened. Um, but here we are. Some shit just broke Miami's way, and they're here in the finals. And I'm really, you know, 
There's a lot of pressure on Miami to win this series, obviously, just for being in the finals, but also... I because... think there is zero pressure on Miami. This is... Well, Miami is, is coming in here with nothing that, to lose. Oh, getting back is just going to be so hard for Miami. Like, it's such a difficult road to get here. Jimmy's 33. Like, there's... You don't know how many other opportunities you're going to have at this. So, I think Miami does have pressure on them. But you're right in the sense that, like, Miami... Nobody thinks they have a chance in hell at winning this series. Not even... Me, who loves Miami, thinks that they have a chance to win the series that much unless they play out-of-their-mind basketball. Uh, so, yeah, and they love that. They literally love that. Like, they got up 3-0. All of a sudden, everyone believed in them, shit the bed three games in a row. Nobody thought they'd win game seven. Boom. Like, that's what they do. It makes no sense. I know Heat culture is mocked and made fun of a lot, and it's corny, but it really is the way that they play. Like, guys like Caleb Martin, Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, they just – operate differently than every other organization it's so weird but it it works and you know you get guys bought in and it, it, you've seen the results they've made the finals two out of the four years jimmy butler's been in miami yep i mean i think there's really no much not much more yeah, to say so about your official the finals prediction is nugget sweep that's your official prediction i'll go nuggets in five but i Gentleman think sweep. I'll, I'll go yeah. nuggets in six i think I guarantee you, John is saying heat and seven or something <laughs> stupid like that. That John is not going with the crowd. I I can guarantee that. I was one of the few people to pick Miami to beat Boston. So I mean, the people thought I was crazy for that. Even I thought I was a little crazy for that. But regardless, um, all right, let's move on into baseball. We are almost in June. We're almost two months into the season. The Royals are the Royals, obviously. But we have a few guys that we're going to talk about on today's episode. Just you know, some conversations we're going to have about some guys. First of all, let's talk about Daniel Lynch, who made his season debut this past week, uh, went five and a third, gave up two runs. Josh, what are you looking for in Daniel Lynch and this being his third season in the majors? Uh, and obviously, I'm going to be dead honest with, with you. The injuries that we've had uh, this season with guys like Bubich. I mean, Daniel's going to have to step up and eat innings. I'm going to be dead honest with you. Be dead honest. I truly think I've, I truly think I've watched four games this year. <laughs> And, and that's fair. I mean, it's wasting your time and, watching that team. is not. Yeah, I've come to realize I, there's many things I can do better than watching <laughs> the Kansas City Royals. I, I'm I gonna, unfortunately I'll, haven't I'll, learned that lesson. I've been watching. Yeah, see, after the first series, I realized this is going to be a long year, so then I just stopped watching them. But, uh, no, I mean, Daniel Lynch, if he can actually do something, that'll be great. But let's be honest, all the pitching we have right now, there is no hope for them. Like, zero hope. Like, other than Chris, Chris Bubich, and he's out for the year with Tommy John. Like, yeah. don't know what much to say about that. But, yeah, I mean, it sucks. <laughs> Sorry, I just, it's hilarious because I, every single time you and John argue about the Royals, I'm like, I literally don't care. Yeah, and I think like, a lot of people in Kansas City share the same sentiment. You know, like they have and I hate it. I mean, I just realized. Anymore. I will say, like, yeah. Prado was a little worried about him last year, hitting the shit out of the ball this year, especially in the leadoff spot. He's doing well. Ever since they've moved How's Bob, Jackson Corbin? He's back down, but uh, he did get a chance to pitch, and it was much better than what we had seen. It was a he has a zero ERA this year. I mean, he has to be number one on the team, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you know, like, I think some of the guys are starting to play better. Like, the pitching's still awful. You know the Royals are 0-11 when Jordan Lyle starts. Yes, I do know that. Like, I have, they made... have not won a game when Jordan Lyle starts. 
That is almost impossible. Almost. Like, literally, they haven't won a game when he started ever. This is the first 11 starts he's had in Kansas City. They have yet to win a game that he started. He's, he by yeah, himself I mean, he is also, 0-9. He's one of our... I was just, please mention his ERA because I think this yeah, is Yeah, he's 0-9 with a 7.3 ERA and 11 games started and has a negative one war. Well, like, I don't I don't get it. I, I don't get it. I'm going to hold everything in because, you know, I just don't. <laughs> I don't get it. Like, he's to, but, but, and, and they claim, oh, he's an innings eater. He's not even averaging six innings a start. Like, I, the only yeah. thing he's eating is our, is our record. Eleven, like that's almost like all of Tampa Bay's losses. Our Jordan Jordan Lyles almost has the same amount of losses that Tampa Bay does for us. Uh, yeah, so he's terrible. But Lynch had a promising start. This Michael Myers dude, I know he's a little older, but I'm liking what I'm seeing out of him. The bullpen, uh, give them a little credit. Uh, Barlow, Stalmont, and Chapman have looked decent. You know, over the past month, Taylor Clark hasn't allowed a run in a month. He's looked really good. So you're looking for trade value there. Some of those vets are performing. Um, the only guys I'm really hitting the panic button on right now are Singer, who has just been god-awful after I thought we got over that last year. After the All-Star break, he was so good. Um, for some reason, he has just fallen off a cliff yet again. A 7.12 ERA. Just not getting it done. And then Melendez. Melendez is he's approaching like I'm almost done with him. I know he's young. But he is not hitting nearly well enough, and he's not very good defensively. I mean, he's got a negative 0.7 war so far this season. Uh, he's I young. don't get how we don't draft Julio Rodriguez. Like, don't because <laughs> we're the Royals. I don't get how we. I, <laughs> there's so many players. I just I've given up. <laughs> there's not much to talk I've about. Like they, them. the hitting has gotten better. Massey's starting to hit a little bit. They don't have the pitching to do anything this year. Obviously, they're going to be last in the division. If it wasn't for the Athletics literally trying to lose, we would be the worst team in baseball. Um, and I guarantee you this, we're going to get next year like the ninth pick in the lottery. Guaranteed. What's the – because you know how the NBA, like if you have a top three worst record, there's only certain – like you can only fall a certain amount. Do you know if there's a – Yeah, I think it's like, like top that? five. Uh – let me look up MLB I want to say lottery like the, rules. Because like, if you get the worst record, you shouldn't be able to fall that far. You would, I would hope. I want to if you, it, but it would be some royal shit. Like we were supposed to get the fifth pick last this for this draft in July. We were supposed to get the fifth pick. We ended up with the eighth. Just like, of course, had to fall three spots. Um, do, 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 do. Okay, let's see. Now. Okay, I, I can't find it right now, but... Okay, found it. Seventh is as far as you can... That was pretty quick. <laughs> Seventh. Can't find it. Never mind, I found it. Well, I, it wasn't... It, everything I was reading, it wasn't even getting close to what I was looking for, and then I saw it. Um, yeah. Seventh. Like, is, And the thing is, the top, three, the top three have Identical the same odds. amount of percent. Yeah. So, really, being one, two, or three... There's no difference. So you that's fall good. to seven. If you were one of the worst three, you could fall as low as to seven. That's the rule. This is how I just read it. So yeah, we'll get screwed in that. I already know it. Um, yeah, we have the eighth pick this year. We'll hopefully hit on that and keep going because Gavin, well, we're Cro- Gavin Cross is hitting 190 right now. So hey, Frankie Mazzucato is actually doing yeah, Mazzucato. I mean, 
he's he's doing his thing. That 2021 draft class doesn't look terrible right now, so we'll see. I don't uh, want to mention this, but I feel like I should. This guy gave us was really nice to us, but Issa Lacy, holy dog shit. Has he, I don't think he's even pitched this year. Like there there is obviously something wrong there. He couldn't find the strike zone last year. He had more walks he's, than strikeouts. Just not good. Um, yeah, that 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 hurt. You know, having the fourth overall pick in 2020 and. So far, Asa Lacey has just not been able to put it together. Yeah, unless a miracle, I mean, unless they can pull off a miracle, that looks like a wasted pick. It says he started he inside Asa Lacey's rehab processes in Arizona. Uh, I don't even know what happened to him. He I, said I, I haven't thrown a ball in a while. <laughs> well, that's great. <laughs> okay, so yeah, good good to know. Um, yeah, so that's enough Royals talk. Uh, oh, he had back problems. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Go on next month. Well, get him fixed up and see if once he's back, if he can develop. Um, we're in no rush. Oh, yeah, no. We're no Mazzucato, actually, he's he has a two point one eight ERA, sixty four strikeouts. His whips one. Yeah. He's going to be getting called up here soon. But I'll say this: he's also on the low A still. So yeah, that's I mean, not he will good. be. He's also 19, 20. Like he's yeah, still he's nineteen, fairly 19. young. So we'll see. I mean, he's still got. I I wouldn't expect to see him up at the major league level for another couple of years. Uh, but yeah, Royals definitely have to get the farm system bolstered, uh, at this deadline with the draft and the trade deadline. They need to get some pieces because it is not good right now. And they're not very good at the major league level either. Um, let's go to the NFL, to a team that actually is good in the Kansas City Chiefs. Recently, DeAndre Hopkins got released by the Cardinals and everyone's like, oh my gosh, are the Chiefs going to go get him? Are the Chiefs going to sign him? It's a race between the Chiefs and the Bills. What say you, Josh? What do the Chiefs do here? There's one answer, and one answer only. If DeAndre wants to take a league minimum, sure. If he doesn't, then no. There's no reason to pay DeAndre Hopkins what he's probably asking for because it just wouldn't make sense. Because other, I don't want to – I think the Chief, what the Chiefs do well is they sit back and watch everyone panic, and then they just kind of get the leftovers that are still good, and then we make them even better. Mm-hmm. So it kind of makes it nice. Because we're right now, I kind of bet you we're kind of in the backfire, like saying, "Yeah, DeAndre, honestly, if you want to come, you can come. It's really no, no big deal." But I bet you the Bills and the Eagles and all those teams are like fighting each other for it, and they're gonna play ten million a year. I don't know, eight well, million a year, five million. You've got the the Bills who last year kind of made a panic move, gave Von Miller six years, one hundred thirty million, like they. These teams go on yeah. huge spending sprees. You've seen it before. I mean, look at the freaking uh, Chargers last year. They go and spend a shit ton to go get Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson, all those types of guys. And, you know, the team that typically goes out and makes a bunch of moves and, like, kind of spends a lot of money, typically that's not a recipe for long-term success. They might have a good year, um, but that typically doesn't end up working out long-term. And the Chiefs have kind of mastered that where it's like, Look, we'll, we'll sign a free agent every year that's kind of big. Like, we've signed Joe Tooney to a big deal. We signed Jawan Taylor to a big deal. Um, you know, we're not against it, but it's not going to be a panic move. It's going to be a guy who we think can win uh, and fill a, fill a spot for years to come. Yep, it should be interesting. Like, I, I personally, I think everyone's going a little dramatic over the wide receiver room right now. I'm fine with the wide receiver room. Oh, right I agree. Now. Like... Yeah. What people but don't understand tear What people don't He's understand is when you have an elite quarterback, they make a middle of the pack wide receiver core look better. And you've got obviously health is a question for everybody, but you got Kadarius Tony, 
Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who I think people tend to forget, he came up big for us in the postseason last year. I expect him to have you know a pretty big role yet again in the offense. Um, you know, you have Justin Watson again, who, look, isn't that great, but he's a good depth piece to have because he knows the playbook. He's been here. He knows what he's doing. Uh, you know, you'll get your occasional drops out of him, but it's not the end of the world. You drafted Rasheed Rice. Now, Andy Reid doesn't typically love his rookies, but we'll see if he has a role in the offense. Sky Moore in year two. I expect him to be much more involved. And, of course, you have Travis Kelsey at tight end who can take some of the pressure off of those guys. So I don't think he's like, look, if we got DeAndre Hopkins, would I be throwing a fit? No, they'd be like, okay, damn, we have DeAndre Hopkins. That's that's pretty neat. But I'm not like, we have to go get him. Like, please go sign him. We definitely need DeAndre Hopkins because, in my opinion, we don't. And like you said, only to a minimum contract. I would give him like a Juju Smith-Schuster type of contract uh, where it's like you get a one-year prove-it deal, you know? Like, this is beneficial for both of us. You can kind of fill a little bit of a need for us, and you can also bolster your next contract this offseason. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I agree. I think we could take him. I'd be fine. If we don't, I'm also fine. I um, but, am going to start uh, as, as we kind of wind down today's episode. I've, have you ever seen Chris? Do you know who Chris Sims is? Uh, heard of it, yeah. He's on NBC. Heard of him. He does a top 40 quarterback list every year before the season. Oh, yeah. He started releasing his, so I made one myself. Uh, so I'm going to do throughout the next – uh, four episodes, I'm going to go 10 at a time, all right? And I'd love to get any feedback you feel on this, Josh, because I'm sure we're going to have Wait, some results. Okay. okay, I want to try to guess 40 because I think that's just funny, but I mean, what I, qualifies yeah. the quarterback for this list? What okay, is their qualification? So I think number one is recent production is what I went into this with. Recent being last year and the year before. I think the last two years is about maybe even three. Also, career. But did, did someone like did the, all these quarterbacks play last year? There's rookies on the list. There are oh, okay. guys that it's and that's what I was going to get to. It's partially projection as well. Um, like I did put Jordan Love on this list. If you're wondering about a guy like that, um, I all the I'll tell you the only rookie quarterbacks I put on the list were I put Levis. Stroud, Levis? Richardson in the top 40? Yeah, I put True. Levis in Sorry. top 40. I mean, this I don't think that's even that absurd. Um, it's not. I, I just... But, Sorry. yeah, we'll go from... You'd be surprised. Once I got out of, like, the top 10, I was like, holy shit, there's a drop. Could uh, you... Could you, and then could you, you tell on, me the division number 40 is in? I'll give you a hint on number 40. He is... This will be his first year as the full-time starter, and he has started one career Baker, game. Yeah. No, oh, Jordan Love. Uh, no, don't disrespect my boy Jordan Love like that. Number 40 is Sam Howell of the Washington Commanders. Ah. Uh, yeah, so see, one, the, it's going to be harder for you to guess the lower the list goes. The higher you get up, you'll start knowing the guys. But Sam Howell, yeah, put him down there. He just cracked my list. I was kind of looking for people at 40. I couldn't really find many people. I bet you I could name the backups that you have in this. Well, he's not a backup. He is their No, starter. I know. Um, I know. I'm telling you. Because I know between 30 and 40 are probably where all your backups are. A good amount of backups, yeah. Um, at so number 39, he is going to be, this will be his first year as the full-time starter as well. He started a handful of games at the end of last season. Any guesses? Baker Mayfield. 
This is Desmond Ritter of the Atlanta Falcons. I don't really know what to think of him or Howell. That's why they put it. I was going to say, do you think Ritter gets a start over Heineke? Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Um, Heineke. Heineke's not in your top 40? I didn't say that. Okay. I never said that. But if you think he's going to get. Okay. This isn't based. This isn't a depth chart projection, Josh. This is just my top 40. They, the Falcons might say that Ritter's their starter, but I might think Are you saying better. you're a better GM than uh, yeah, the Falcons? Yeah, Arthur Blank in the Falcons. Yeah, sure. Um, number 38, Zach Wilson. He's pretty bad. He's not going to start this year. Um, I think there's a potential that a year behind Aaron Rodgers could you know, do good for him. He could end up being a Drew Locke type of backup going forward. Um, the only reason he's above Howell and Ritter is because I've seen a few more plays out of him than them. At 37, he could be the starter week one. I hope he's not. Davis Mills of the Texans, after his rookie season, I thought, hey, this guy actually showed a little bit of promise. He's actual dog shit, though. And uh, if I were them, I'd start C.J. Stroud. 36, this is the only free agent on the list. Guy who's currently not employed. Any guesses? Ooh. Um. No. It's Carson Wentz at number 36. Uh while he is bad, Carson Wentz is a bad quarterback. I can confidently say I'd rather have him on my roster than like a guy like Zach Wilson or Davis Mills. And he, you know, like I said, it, recency is obviously the biggest factor in here, but I also do take in career. And Carson Wentz, it's like hard to unsee what I saw out of him his first like three or four years in the league when he was a good quarterback. I like Somewhere deep down that's in him, but he has just lost it. 35, Taylor Heineke. I do think he's better than um, Desmond Ritter. Like, I don't know what it is about this guy. Like, it doesn't make any sense. But when he plays, it's just like batshit. Wild stuff happens. He's entertaining to watch. Number 34, Sam Darnold. I'm interested to watch Sam Darnold this year in San Francisco. Uh, there's a chance he gets the starting is, job. The funniest thing is... You could have the third string quarter quarterback for the 49ers at 34. Oh, all three 49ers quarterbacks are on my list. I'll put that out there. No, I know. That's why I, I, I assume that. I think Brock Purdy will be healthy by the time the season rolls around. I don't know if he'll be ready to go immediately, but we'll have to see on that. Number 33 is Will Levis. He just doesn't crack my top 32 starters. We'll see. Like, And the thing is, some guys I'd rather be willfully ignorant on, like a guy like Will Levis, than know too much about, like Zach Wilson. You know what I'm saying? Wait, like, so are you saying... Uh, like, if you gave me the option right now, would I rather have Zach Wilson or Will Levis? I would take Will Levis. Are you saying your top 32 are... And that's where I kind of get into starter material. That's where it gets closer to starter. Um, okay, well, what are your next two for today? Well, I've got to go 32, 31, and... Yep, actually, it's just two. 32 is Anthony Richardson. Who the hell knows what this guy's going to be? But he does have a lot of physical talent. And let's be honest, the Colts, who do they even have to, like, challenge him? Sam Elliger? I'm not... I, like... I don't know. Anthony Richardson could be terrible. And I don't think putting him at 32 is me being, like, crazy overhyping him either. Like, 32 is the worst of the starters. Um, But... That's where I'd put Richardson. Do you think that's too high, Josh? Uh, I don't know because I think he's going to be dog shit the first year, but 
I mean, you've got to keep in mind, 32 is not a compliment. No, I agree. You made the list, but oh yeah, thirty-two. Like yeah, I I would agree. And then at thirty-one, the last one we're gonna do for today is one that is just so tough for me to rank. Trey Lance, I don't know what the hell to do with this guy. Like, I liked him coming out of college, but he has not played the Commanders. Huh? Send him to the Commanders. He's played the least amount of football in the last four years of anybody on my list. Like he literally has. He just doesn't play. I don't know what to think about him. I still think he's ultra talented, but I mean, there's another 49ers quarterback that we'll talk about in the coming weeks on this list that I do have ahead of him right now because just what I've seen. I think Trey Lance is more physically gifted than Brock Purdy, but that doesn't really matter if he's not available. So that's 40 through 31. Anybody that you were surprised I put on that list there? No, not really. I was trying to look at list, but I think anybody you're right. surprised I didn't put in that low of a ranking. Anybody that you think? Uh, had... I thought Mitchell Trubisky would make like forty or thirty between forty and thirty-seven. He was in consideration. Yeah, that was. I I, I know you kind of thought early I was going to put Jordan Love this low. Kind of surprised you thought I'd put him at forty. Well, well, because you said he only started one game last year. Oh, that <laughs> that was even two years ago. Um. But yeah, no, there is still tons of guys left on the list. I think it's more fun to discuss the bottom half than the top half because I think everybody knows what my top five is going to be. They might not know the exact order, but they know what it'll consist of. But yeah, gets us you know something for the summer. I'll do ten of those guys a week. That should get us to damn near training camp. So uh, yeah, that's that's my list so far. Uh, anybody listening, feel free to tweet us or you know, hate on me, but send me your list too. Cause let me tell you 40 through 31 is not easy to rank. Those guys reek. Most of them. Um, okay. Right, well let's do D4 of the week and we can wrap up this episode. My D4 of the week are bad drivers. Oh, this could kind of be sports uh, and real life thing. Yes. I I'm turning it to real life. Cause I think that's better. <laughs> I think it's hilarious, but no. Uh, if you are on your phone while driving, just tell them or call them over the car because half, half of the cars in America you can connect your phone to. Yes. I was on the way back from lunch with uh, my father, and there was someone that would have caused five wrecks. I'm <laughs> sure you not. Bro, that, no. if, if not all the cars stopped, but not, all the cars did. I'm not going to dox us here, but where we live yeah there are some dumb ass drivers every day i go out like i thought this person was intoxicated that's how bad they were driving they <laughs> might have been they probably were but yeah, i swear to god it was bad but no my default of the week is driving there's some guys there's some drivers that i see that are i see people on their phone that drive better than some people who are just shitty drivers in general like I've, I've Agreed. seen people who can literally look at their phone and drive better than some of these old ass people. No offense to old people, but even young people too. But it's mostly people that are you know up there in age, and they go like twenty miles an hour in a forty. Just road rage intensifies after that. Um, I had a D four of the week, and then I just started talking about that. It was good. Oh, I got, it, I got, it, I got, it, I got. It. Quick thought process. Eric Lewis. Have you seen this, Josh? That name sounds so familiar. The NBA ref? No, okay, never mind. I don't okay. know who I was thinking So of. Eric Lewis has been suspended indefinitely by the NBA after 
apparently his Twitter burner was discovered. Um, and apparently Eric Lewis's family is a huge Celtics family. They love the Celtics. Oh, Lord. Yeah. And so do you remember earlier in the season when LeBron got hit on the arm, right? And they didn't call it yes. freak the fuck out. Guess who that was? Eric Lewis. Eric <laughs> Lewis versus the ball. And of course it was Lakers Celtics. And so, yeah, the NBA has put him under formal investigation. Uh, and even LeBron tweeted it. LeBron literally tweeted two days ago, is this Eric Lewis shit true? So there is definitely, like, this is not a good look right now. Um, yeah, and so I'm, I'm just glad I they think did. if you're an NBA referee, you should fill out a form that says your f- top five favorite teams. And you just cannot get near them. You cannot. You yeah, just you just can't ref them. them. I think that's fair for all sports. It's not It's not realistic to tell them, like, hey, you can't come in, you know, ever liking a team before. That's, it's just never going to happen. So, yeah, that 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 is my D for the week. His burner was – let me, before we go, let me pull up a few of his tweets. They were – it's so Also, obvious. listen to this. The Celtics have the highest win percentage when Eric Lewis refer, uh, referees. They're 50 yeah. and 29. Yeah, like it's kind of ridiculous, and people were already kind of like, okay, like that's kind of fishy, and then this burner apparently got found, which is so damn funny. Like, if I need to find the some of the guess team. who the worst team is? The Heat, or the nope. Lakers. Yes, the Lakers. <laughs> bro, this guy can't even hide it, bro. Like, <laughs> like it's so funny. And then, like, holy they... shit! Never mind. It's the Sacramento Kings. What the hell? Oh, Josh really hates this guy. Um, so someone said, someone the Heat are actually his favorite team. The the uh, burner for Eric Lewis is named Blair Cutliff. That's the name. No profile picture. Uh, they've been tweeting as recently as this May, so this month. Uh, someone tweeted a picture of Eric Lewis's family wearing Celtics jerseys, and Blair Cutliff, a.k.a. Eric Lewis's burner, responded, Get the fuck out of here. Stop placing blame and hold your team accountable. You act like the dubs are Bama. <laughs> Bro, just yeah, go no, through. Just, uh, for everyone actually, listening, I can't get through all of them, but just go look. They're hilarious. There's no way anybody other than him or maybe like his son, but somebody, it, it had to be like, nobody would defend an NBA referee like this. So just go for your for your own enjoyment. Go read some of these. They're hilarious. Uh, Eric Lewis. The Nets actually have the worst win percentage with Eric Lewis. They're at .372. The Kings are the third worst at .400. No, it's hilarious. And look, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. If I was an NBA player or coach or anybody like that, I would have a burner too. I'm not gonna lie. Like it would be fun as hell to go on there and I, mean, I think I everyone do, has burner. I do have a burner. Like, I don't. It's it's I funny. Don't. It's like no one will ever find it unless you're the, as obvious as Eric Lewis was about it. But that that shit was hilarious. The NBA has put him on spin. Never would have thought it would have been him to go and not Scott Foster. But here we are. That will yep. wrap up this episode. Unless you have anything else, Josh? Nope. All righty. Well, appreciate everybody for listening, and we'll catch you next time.